0: If you have your Bible with you, hopefully you do. If not, you can use the Bible app. I'm okay with that. Just don't get on TikTok. Um, John chapter 14 is where we're headed tonight. Uh, Honored again to be with you. Every time I step up here, I am humbled by the fact that uh, I get to shepherd you every week. And uh, I'm blown away by what God's doing in your heart and your life. i got to tell you, I'm hearing stories of late of people who are radically changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, I heard a story this week that would blow your mind. Just the reality that God can change anybody. Amen? Amen. I mean, really. God can change anybody. Amen? Amen. Hey, He's changed you. He has changed me. We are different because of who Jesus Christ is. And we have the honor tonight to get around His word and allow Him once again... To speak into us because you never know, there's a change that may be in our future. And I pray that every time you walk into this room, there's a sense of uh, one, awe of who God is, but two, a sense of curiosity that's in your heart and a desire to know more and to experience more. And so, this is what I'm believing tonight. I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us in a way that something's going to happen between my voice and your ear and your heart. That only the work of the Holy Spirit can do. And so I have willfully and desperately asked for the Holy Spirit to meet with us tonight. And I've genuinely stood in the gap for each one of you. That you would hear the Holy Spirit in a way that you never have ever before. Now you're probably starting to get creeped out a little bit. Like Steve, are you getting like Baptocostal right now? Because many times when you think about the Holy Spirit... You think about the, well, you may have heard the phrase the Holy Ghost. That's the King James version of it. The Holy Ghost, you think of this mystical kind of power you kind of step into. The Holy Spirit is like, you know, he's going to, somebody's going to start running around the room, you know, or something like that. Like, some of you who have seen these videos or you've seen these different uh, experiences that maybe people are are having that we kind of call are like Holy Spirit kind of things. And, I mean, if you're anywhere on Instagram, you hear all of these You know, you'll see a reel of someone doing something that you're like, whoa, is that is that is that a Holy Spirit moment? Like you'll you'll see things and you're like, is is that really real? Can somebody really fall out if you breathe on them or something like that? Guys, what I'm telling you tonight and what Jesus explains to us, the Holy Spirit is not that. The Holy Spirit is someone, someone, not some mystical cosmic mystery. The Holy Spirit is part of, if you know Scripture, you know this. what I'm fixing to say. is part of the Trinity. And for some of you that are new to the faith or new to um, understanding the Bible, it, it literally is a part of the Trinity. So God is made up in three parts. God the Father, God the Son, and all the Baptist people said, God the Holy Spirit. And so these three make up one God. He is a Father. Who created all at the very beginning of time. And that father, that creator, God, put his, well, in John 1, word became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus. In the person, a human flesh form. God came in the the form of Jesus, a human. And then when Jesus left this planet, he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that is who dwells within us and works around us and guides us here today. That the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus left to us when he exited this planet, he allowed, uh, we're going to read about it here in just a minute, like there's something supernatural when the Holy Spirit steps in. There's something that happens in our hearts and our lives, and we're going to talk about a little bit of that tonight. I don't want to make it a mystery to any one of us tonight. I want you to walk in... Trusting and believing that the Holy Spirit is in you and guiding you every step of the way. If only you would allow Him to speak. Two weeks ago, I had the opportunity on this stage to talk about how Satan has a foothold on our ministry, on our lives. I don't know how many of you remember that talk? That was two weeks ago. That was defining. It was defining for me. And I think it was defining for many of us because the the reality is that we have opened up our lives to itty bitty sins that the evil one has taken a foothold in and exploited in our lives. And so here we are, two weeks later. You heard from Titus Dormer last week about forgiveness, how essential that is in the life of a believer. And now, this week, as I'm stepping onto the stage, I'm remembering what God has been speaking to us over the past couple of weeks. And I believe that many of us are listening to the wrong voice. We're listening to the voice of culture, we're listening to the voice of who we think might be wisdom in our lives. But many of us don't know how to listen to the Holy Spirit or how to even give an ear to the Holy Spirit in your life. And so as I'm thinking through the past couple of weeks, I'm thinking about what God's doing and what God's trying to teach us. And I believe that God's trying to teach us to listen to Him more than anything else. That if I need guidance in my life, I need to listen to Jesus. If I need hope because of maybe circumstances in my life, then maybe I need to listen to Jesus. If I'm in the midst of desperation or depression or loneliness... That there is someone. You're not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you. And so if you start thinking about all these things, the way that our lives are guided right now, many of us are kind of aimlessly wandering through life trying to figure things out. We keep bouncing against the rails. We keep, some of us go past the rails. We make poor choices, make decisions that are not that great. And we're trying to do this thing called life on our own, and we are just aimlessly wandering basically. And I want to I lead us tonight in this conversation and invite the Holy Spirit in and allow the Holy Spirit to do a work and for Him to lead us in truth, to lead us in truth. So if you have your Bible, John chapter 14, uh, we're going to be in 14 and 16 tonight. We're going to be 14, 15, and 16. Um. John 14, 15 and sixteen are part of the upper room discord. and if you were a part of Exod 15 a couple of, uh, actually in the fall, I talked a lot about John chapter 15 and we talked about abiding in Christ and as a part of abiding in Christ, this little conversation that Jesus has with his disciples in the upper room was very defining, very defining because after that upper room experience, he would journey to the cross, die on that cross. Three days later, rose from the grave, conquering our sin and death. And so this moment that he has with his disciples, Jesus has with his disciples, almost every word was meaningful. This is almost like his last will. Like, last thing, I'm last instructions. is, I want you to get this. And within this discord, these few chapters here in John... The Holy Spirit is mentioned three definitive times. Three times. And Jesus tells these disciples, hey, after me, somebody's coming. The counselor is coming. The helper is coming. The advocate is coming. I got to go away so that the counselor can come. And he talks about this three different times. And we're going to read those parts in this discord that he has with his disciples. If Jesus says something three times in the same conversation, don't you think it might be really important? Mm-hmm. That's a good Baptist grunt right there. Good job. All right. Okay. You're getting there. All right. John chapter 14. I'm going to read verses 16 and 17. Kennedy's read that, but I want to kind of walk us through it again. And I will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not behold him or know him. But you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. If you have, um, if you have a pen or pencil, you have your copy of God's word, I want you to underline, he abides with you, and he will be in you. So Jesus says this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is coming. His counselor, his helper is going to be. He's not only going to be with you, but he's also going to be in you. I'm going to dive into that here in just a few minutes. I want you to jump over a little bit further over into verse what is that? Verse 15 or chapter 15. I'm sorry, in verse 26 and 27. And Jesus says, when the helper comes, Whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth, there it is again, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness to me. And you will bear witness also because you have been with me from the very beginning. So there it is. Jesus is saying, the role of this Holy Spirit, the helper that's coming, will bear witness to me. That's very important for us to understand. He's going to speak of Jesus all the time. And then I want you to look over in chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. I'm going to read those. But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where where are you going, but because I have said these things, sorrow has filled your heart. In other words, I'm leaving, and I know the grief that's in your heart because I'm leaving. But I tell you the truth. This is so cool. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you, but I will go. And I will send him to you. I want you to circle verse 7. Because that one's really definitive too. And he, when he comes, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. The purpose and the role of the Holy Spirit. To convict the world concerning sin, righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer behold me. And concerning judgment because the ruler of the world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the Spirit of truth comes, once again another purpose of the Holy Spirit, he will guide you. So we heard that he will convict us and he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears. He will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me. For he shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you. All, of, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. So the Holy Spirit ha- plays a really big role. So I want to take a moment just to build a foundation here. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not this mystical kind of thing. And the presence of the Holy Spirit is not some dust cloud that's moving around in a room. The Holy Spirit literally is in you and, at the same time, guides you. That is only something that the Holy Spirit can do. Uh, Tony Evans, who is an author, speaker, pastor, he puts it this way. He is a person to be known, not merely a force to be utilized. He is a person to be known, not merely a force to be utilized. Sometimes we say we got to tap into the Holy Spirit. No, if you're a believer in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living within you, like in you, like inside of you. You're like, how in the world can that happen? I don't know. It's God. He's in you. He knows you. He knows the inside, the outside, all of those things. But not only is he in you, taking up residence within you, the Holy Spirit is guiding you and walking with you. So if you're ever starting to feel alone, (laughs) take heart. You're not. You're not. Although you may not be able to see him with your physical eyes, you can know that his presence is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. So he's a person, not a mystical force. And so I want us to kind of dive into... What is the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer? And there's four things. You ready? You got taking notes. You got your talk sheet there? Four things. One, the Holy Spirit lives in you. God is not distant. He's not an unknown cosmic force outside, but he is close. You could consider him a personal friend. Your BFF, he's with you all the time. He's close, y'all. He's within you. He lives within you. He dwells within you. The very second that you prayed that prayer to invite Christ into your life, you gave the keys to your heart to the Holy Spirit to take over, and the Holy Spirit locks in. He ain't going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's in you. Number two. The Holy Spirit not only lives in you, He guides you. And I want to camp out right here. What does that guiding look like? I will tell you this. A guide wants you to reach your destination. Right? A a real guide is not someone that's going to send you off in a direction that you shouldn't go. He's not going to tell you, hey, go jump off that cliff. Right? Duh. A guide is not going to do that. A guide is going to He wants you to make it up the mountain. And as we think about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is always, always, always going to lead you into truth. He's never going to deceive you. He's never going to lie to you. Hmm, I wonder who does that. Satan. Satan. And so you can consider if you hear a lie in your heart or there is a God that's leading you to a lie, you can almost bet that that's 100% going to be the evil one who is desiring to get a foothold in your life. The Holy Spirit is always going to guide you into truth. Let's talk about what truth is. What is truth? Truth is, is when my life and the purposes and plans of God align and become real. That is truth. God's desire and his plan for me is to be holy. And so for me to live in holiness, guess what? I need to agree and live in holiness too. That's truth. If God desires for me um, (laughs) to study God's word, which is a truth, then for me to join him and to actually start reading God's word, I'm living in truth. What God believes about you He believes that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. When I understand that truly, I become, I know the truth about what he thinks about who I am. He's never going to lead you into an identity that is not who he says you are. Once again, I'm speaking that again. Many of us are allowing culture to define who you are. And you're believing a lie. Because that's not what God thinks of you. When your heart and your identity comes in alignment with his identity and truth for you, that's true. And I can guarantee you that what he says in scripture, (laughs) that he made you male and female, maybe the culture out there is telling you something different. Oh, it's just what you feel. Is that true? The Holy Spirit will always lead you to understanding what is right and true. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to a lie and to a deception that's the beauty of having the holy spirit residing within you because you will always know the truth and the truth will set you free and so when you see (laughs) that difference between what the world thinks or what somebody else says versus what you know and believe in god's word and what you hear from the lord (laughs) that's when you know it's true and so it's so important that we understand who's the voice that we're listening to. We need to know that. We need to discern that. Every single decision we make. Huge life choices always need to be uh, <laughs> leaning into the Holy Spirit, not leaning into culture. Defining who you are, don't lean into culture. Lean into what God believes you, of who you are. The one that f- created you, knows you, formed you, knows everything about you. I can guarantee you that He's not going to lead you into sin. And guys, homosexuality is a sin. Y'all know that. If you read God's Word for any bit of it, you know that that's a sin. There's nothing positive in Scripture about homosexuality ever mentioned in the Bible. It's always a negative connotation. It's always about sin. So if you're feeling like you're leading toward homosexuality or leading into any not just that sin but any other sin, I can guarantee you the evil one is deceiving you. And so stepping into the truth and reality of who you are and let the Holy Spirit guide you into what is right and true, honorable, all of those things. You have to listen to the right voice, y'all. And so I'm inviting you into this moment and inviting you to start listening in to the Holy Spirit. I know we're going to get there. How do I do that? We're going to get there. And so he guides. Or he le- uh, lives in you. He guides you in truth. He's always going to reveal sin. He's always going to lead us toward repentance. Number three, the Holy Spirit counsels. Counsels. He's there to talk with you and to help you when you don't know what to do. God, I don't know what to do. Lean into the Holy Spirit. Let him guide you. Let him talk to you. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. He's not going to be an audible voice, although that probably could happen. I'm not going to put that past him. But I'll tell you the times when I have heard from the Holy Spirit. It is really almost like an impression. It's like I know it. It's like I know it in my brain, and I know it in my heart. And I know it's right. And I'll step into it. Sometimes it's through his word. A lot of times I will read God's word, and there's something that just jumps off the page, and it's like, ding. There it is. But I just know it in my heart. I want y'all to do that too. I really want y'all to do that too. I want y'all to hear the truth. And the only way you're going to do that, (laughs) we've said it two or three times from this stage, we draw near to Him and what? He will draw near to you. Here in a few minutes, I'm going to invite you to draw in. I'm going to lead you in a time here in just a few minutes where I'm going to invite you to invite the Holy Spirit into your moment right now. So just know that's where we're going, okay? All right. He's going to counsel us. He's going to lead us in the truth. He is 100% with you all the time, no matter what time of day or what matter or circumstance. He's there with you, and he's always going to speak the truth. And number four, the Holy Spirit is committed. Committed. He will never leave you. He's always with you. Even when you think you've done it all. You're like, I'm the worst of the worst. I'm the sinner of the sinners. Like, I am the worst of the worst. How in the world could God ever love me or care for me? If you're a believer in Christ, y'all, he's with you. He's with you. Oh, he has probably been silent because you have been running in rebellion and disobedience to him. But he's there. And the very second, millisecond, that you turn your heart and your life back toward him, bing, there it is. He is running back to you. Think about the prodigal son. As soon as that father saw the son come up over the hill, he started running toward him. And that's what he thinks. And that's what he believes about you. That's what he thinks. so what he believes about you. He is committed to you. He's going to be with you. He's going to guide you. He's always going to lead you into truth. And he's going to counsel you with what is right and what is true. So how? How do we hear the voice of God? There are two ways. One, in the stillness. In the stillness. There's something supernatural when we calm our thoughts and we calm our hearts enough to free up space to let him guide us. I was in a prayer time with a couple of guys this past week, and I was just impressed just to stop. Because many times in our prayer times, we just get to jabbering. We just get to jabbering. And we never stop. We never. We think our prayer time should always be filled with words. And that's not true. So I'm in this prayer time with these guys, and I just went, ah, I need to shut up. That's what I felt like. just need to shut up. And we just sat there in stillness for a couple of minutes. And I simply said this one phrase. I said, Holy Spirit, would you come right now? It was in that moment and you just went dead silent. And we just started praying. We started praying. Man, that's the invitation to the stillness that I'm wanting you to go to. Is there a moment in your day where you would just go, Err! stop? Stop running. Stop rebelling. Stop walking in disobedience. Just stop. And open up your heart, open up your mind to the Holy Spirit's work in your life. It's in the stillness. It's not in your chaos, y'all. Although I think he can get our attention in the chaos. Don't, Don't put it past me. But the moments when he's spoken to me the most are the moments when I'm still. And I have no agenda. And I literally have no words but he speaks and he calms my heart and he leads me and guides me. He he corrects me with a love and a care because he desires to lead me in truth. The moments when I have repented the most have been the moments when I have been still before him and he has revealed to me exactly where I was wrong. And sometimes the posture of my prayers change too. Sometimes I go to my face because I'm so humbled in that moment. Sometimes I'll stand up and praise, go, oh, Lord, thank you so much. I think that matters. The second way he does that is not only in the stillness, but he always speaks through his word, always speaks through his word. If you ignore the Word of God, you ignore the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That was big, y'all. If you are willingly, willfully ignoring God's Word in your life, you are limiting the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because, y'all, the more that I'm in the Word, the more I hear His voice, the more encouragement I have. And sometimes, yes, there are moments, there are times where I'm going through the motions, admittedly. But I'm always in the, I'm always in the, uh, try my best to make myself available for the Holy Spirit to move. Many times I will read, I'm going through the one-year Bible. I just read a crazy story today about a lady who put a, Tent peg through the guy's temple. You know, you remember that one? That one's a judge's. That's a good. That's a fun story to have a quiet time about, right? She just pounded this tent stake in the temple of the guy's head and killed him right there in her tent. Yeah, that's in the Bible, y'all. Yeah. Go read that. That's fun. It'll bless your heart, especially in your quiet time this morning. Oh, yeah. But like that, there are times where I read God's Word and I go, oh, "That's a, wow." Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I move about my day. But majority of the time, when I'm reading God's word, there's something that always pops out. There's always something that pops out. And I'm underlining it. I'm highlighting it. I use the Bible app. I highlight that joker. And it goes out to everybody, right? I am just, I, I love God's word because there are phrases and words that are in there that the Holy Spirit uses to convict me and to lead me into truth. And we need to allow that to happen. And the more that we spend in his word, the more we give Him the opportunity to do what only He is good at doing. To counsel us, to guide us, to comfort us. This is the role. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Here's my final thought, two things. You ready? Final thought, two things. One, how desperate are you to be led by the Holy Spirit? How desperate are you to be led by the Holy Spirit? Last week, I had the opportunity to do, go to a youth pastor conference, and uh, I heard from some amazing communicators, and one of the guys, his name was Jeff Borden, he's one of the staff members over at Long Hollow, and it's just a groom of guys, there's about 40, 45 guys in the room, so it's not a big group, like we were all just sitting around, and he was pouring into this, and he stopped in the middle of his talk, and he said, gentlemen, I can't tell you how important it is for you to get desperate for the Holy Spirit to work in your ministry. And I I just stopped dead in my tracks. I highlighted that in my notes. I wrote it down, made big, bold, like, asterisks out beside it, put, you know, arrows on it. Like, that is what I needed to hear. My challenge to you. As even as you walked into this room, how desperate were you to be led by the Holy Spirit right now? When you came in this door, were you expecting to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit? Were you expecting to have an encounter with your friend? That's convicting, isn't it? How desperate are you that even right now as you sit... How desperate are you to hear from the one that's going to speak the truth to you? And are you willing to be still? Are you willing to listen? Is there a curiosity in you that you want the work of the Holy Spirit on your life? How desperate are you to be led by the Holy Spirit? The second takeaway, you ready? This one convicted me. If the Holy Spirit wasn't around, would you notice it? (laughs) If the Holy Spirit wasn't in this room, would you notice it? If the Holy Spirit's not in your life, do you notice it? Are you feeling the temptations? Are you feeling the pulls toward culture? Are you feeling the pulls toward rebellion? Are you feeling the pulls toward disobedience? Are you feeling all of these pulls away? Oh, it happens little by little. We talked about that foothold thing two weeks ago. Like, we talked about that. And you're being led and being pulled away from the things you know are right, you know are true, are honorable. You know those things to be right, but you're still feeling like you need to rebel. Y'all, that is the evil one that is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy you. And if you would open up your heart and you would open up your mind right now, don't wait till next week, right now, would you allow the work of the Holy Spirit to lead you back to what is true, what is right, what is noble, what is trustworthy? Because he will do that. And it always starts, that first step back there, it always starts with repentance. It's a biblical word for 180. I'm no longer going to be drawn in that direction. I'm going to be drawn toward what I know to be true and what I hear in God's word and what his plan and his heart for me is. I'm going to step into that. Are you ready to invite him in?